The Gulf Injustice Podcast, the official podcast of Detained in Dubai with Raga Welcome to the Gulf Injustice Podcast. I'm Rada Sterling and today we're talking to Wolfgang Douglas, the son of Albert Douglas, who has been tirelessly advocating for his father's release. Now, Albert has been detained unfairly in a Dubai jail and has been subject to beatings and human rights abuses simply for asking for his heart medication, which yet to date he hasn't received. Now, Albert has been lobbying in front of Parliament. He has been actively campaigning and enlisting the support of people like Alfie Best, who is a television personality and one of the UK's leading entrepreneurs, who we're actually going to speak to later uh, on the Gulf Injustice podcast. But first, let's have a chat with Wolfgang. Hi, Wolfgang, and thank you for joining us on the Gulf Injustice podcast today. Now, we spoke earlier today about what's actually happened with your father and the fact that he still hasn't received his medication. But even worse than that, we've found out that his shoulder has been dislocated for the past several months after he was beaten in prison in the UAE. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit about that conversation you had with your father today? Well, um, Rada, I spoke to him this morning. Uh, unfortunately, we, uh, you know, we only have a, a limited amount of time to talk uh, on the telephone to him. But uh, he was visited today by someone in the head of the uh, of the of the police administration, someone very senior, who uh, who called out, you know, where is this Mr. Albert Douglas? And uh, when he went uh, and said, you know, I am Albert, he said. Um, have you had anyone actually uh, come and see you? Have you had anyone check you out? Have you seen a doctor? And he replied, he said, no. He said, I haven't seen a doctor in many months. He said, okay. He said, uh, what's wrong with you? And he explained what was wrong with you. And uh, he sort of went away a little bit furious, a little bit angry. Mm. But uh, after that, a doctor on Tannoy called him in. And, uh, you know, after many, many months of us screaming, shouting, begging the SEO for help and uh, you know that's what we needed we needed help we needed we needed help for him but it was it was going unheard the doctor for the first time today saw him and uh, when they when he took his shirt off he, he was in shock his arm was protruding bone out of his arm mm. was protruding out of his uh, out of his socket um, and he said look he said when did this happen my father said this happened on the 7th uh, of, uh, no, not the 7th of February, it happened in February, um, and we've been sort of advocating ever since for the doctors to look at him, but he's had a dislocated shoulder for that amount of time. I mean, that's incredible to have a dislocated shoulder for that amount of time and no one has seen him. And he, I mean, this dislocation came from him actually asking guards for his heart medication back then. And we've already heard uh, Albert's own testimony about what happened to him in prison. And it's absolutely astonishing that he still hasn't been tended to on a medical basis. Um, The 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 SEO actually said... The doctor himself just was shocked that he had mm. he was going through such pain without any medication. Like he, mm. he was actually in a dramatic amount of pain. I've written, you know, tens and tens and tens of letters about the pain that he was going through. Mm. Not even as much as the painkiller. Forget about the heart medication. Mm. He's been suffering in silence for a very, very long time. 
And now uh, the doctor has said that they need to uh, perform surgery, but they won't be able to book it in for several months. Yeah, that's that's what they said to him. They've they said that you know due to the uh, due to to whatever reasons they have within the prison, uh, it would take them several months to to perform what will be needed immediate surgery, which should have been done over six months ago. Mm. So he's uh, he just he's laid there in pain. I mean, that's astonishing. And I know that the FCO came back recently to say that he'd been uh, cared for medically, that he had been attended by doctors and that he had uh, been given his heart medication, that he'd been looked at, that um, apparently they've arranged for new eyeglasses, but he didn't need eyeglasses. Apparently his eye issues had come as a result of the beatings. Well, his his arm was part of the result of the beatings. His, he, was, he was beaten... Um, uh, for asking for heart medication uh, in in the UAE, you're beaten if you complain. Mm. Um, you're beaten if you're black. You're beaten for a whole host of reasons, momentarily. And uh, in my father's poor case, uh, an innocent man in prison was beaten for no reason to the point of uh, of of suffering now dizzy spells and 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 you know uh, fainting. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's, he's having a, a never-lasting effect of torture uh, at the hands of the UAE authorities, which our government has done nothing to protect him. And how does Albert feel about waiting three months for surgery that he should have had months ago? Well, I mean, six months into his, uh, into his abuse, I mean, there is no limit to, to how little our government's going to do to protect him. So he expects nothing from us. Uh, I would say he has fear, fear of how they'll treat him. Uh, the treatment in the Emirates uh, is something of inhumane uh, reality. And uh, I would say he's more fearful of the operation than he is of not having it. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable because this almost overcasts the fact that he shouldn't even be in the prison in the first place. He has committed no crime, but he wasn't afforded the opportunity to defend himself against the false allegations. And you know, and we've discussed, that many family members are held as hostages, essentially, for other people that might be wanted, and that no evidence is required to secure a, a conviction in the UAE, that an innocent person is not going to be able to defend themselves, they're going to be forced to confess, and I know that Albert has been uh, interrogated by authorities, that he's been encouraged to confess to a crime that he hasn't commit, but fortunately he's withstood that pressure that was bestowed upon him, but at the same time, at significant risk to his life and to his well-being. Yeah, I mean, uh, forced interrogations uh, where they literally told him that this is going to make it easier on yourself. Uh, you know, when he met the public prosecutor, uh, the public prosecutor told him directly at the private prosecution's office in Dubai courts, we know you're not guilty, but this is Dubai. Uh, there are many important people that want to see action. And uh, unless you are able to comply, you're going to end up in prison, whether you're guilty or innocent. And they know that. And they have stripped him of his assets. They've thrown him in prison. They've beat him. They've subjected him to human torture and human rights violations beyond description. And he's laid there for the last six months in pain from beatings, despite being 100% categorically innocent. And our government has done nothing. And this, I mean, his his warehouse, his assets, everything that he worked for in the UAE has been stripped. He's been looted. 
it's yeah. it's uh, you know it's obviously an act against someone where they saw that he would be a potential victim to theft and I, I'd say that, you know, that should be a huge warning to anyone looking to invest in the UAE. And with Dubai Expo coming up, trying to encourage more and more people to come to the UAE and invest and become entrepreneurs and business people, even though they pose the risk that when they become successful, they become a target. And it's not just um, individuals that are going after um, wealthy people. It's, you know, the, there's implications that police are involved in this. You've had a number of people come forward to you and offer in exchange for money to assist Albert to be free from his wrongful conviction. Now, that is an ongoing issue in the UAE, that when someone is imprisoned, there will be a lot of people that come forward to the family and ask them for money, and that's lawyers included, but also authorities and private individuals looking to secure even more funds for that person. But when they do, they just keep the money. So it seems like he's just become prey to a system that allows for that. And we have um, Lord Udney in the UK promoting the country as a safe place for people to invest. And not only a safe place as in their, their finances will grow and they'll, they'll make money and it will be profitable for them, but he is not even mentioning the fact that so many British entrepreneurs, so many investors in the UAE have actually wound up scapegoated or victimised by a system that allows for it. It's not like the British legal system where you're afforded a fair trial, where you can defend yourself and you can um, prove your innocence when you're wrongfully accused. It's a completely different system that will absolutely target and victimise someone to the point where they can end up like Albert. And not only that, they can lose all of their finances and their investments and you know, their life savings, everything they've invested into that country, but then they can be subject to the most grotesque human rights violations, to the most, you know, human rights abuses that, that you would not expect from a country that really promotes itself as, as this modern enclave of glitz and glamour and gold and, you know, seven-star hotels and wonderful malls. But the reality is that people who go there and are lured by this concept generally believe that there is going to be an equivalent glitzy, glamorous legal system that would afford you that sort of protection that you would get in any Western country. So I think that Albert had faith in the legal system there. He had faith. I've spoken to him. He had faith that he would be able to prove his innocence. He had all of the evidence. I've looked at it. And he wasn't able to even get a judge to look at it beyond five minutes. So that must be quite a shock to you, to Albert, and to anyone that you know who has been to the UAE or considers it as a place to invest. I mean, my father, he went there um, to Dubai at the very beginning. Uh, he was there from day one. And, uh, you know, as I've said a million times over, he's innocent. He's an innocent man. He's mm. an innocent man committed for a crime he hasn't committed. Mm. Um and the reason I advocate so hard and I now go to uh, investments, uh, houses all over the UK to do everything I can to make people fully aware that for a little bit more money, you risk everything. You risk your life, mm. you risk your humanity and you risk your freedom. And whatever little more you might possibly achieve in a country known for bankrupting people, not enriching people, um, it's not worth it. And my father, who was a staunch believer in Dubai, 
um, really, really tried everything to do everything the right way. He, he went through the legal channels. He met sheikhs uh, from Abu Dhabi who literally robbed him. Uh, mm. They approached him, said, look, if you give us this amount of money, we will, we will do what we need to do. Uh, we parted with that amount of money. Uh, we've met the lawyers who've done those deals. They've, they've parted with large amounts of money again. Uh, it's a it's a it's the country that's run by a system of wasta, and wasta uh, in English means person of local influence, and that's how the Middle East uh, operates, and Dubai and the United Arab Emirates uh, work on a daily basis in regular routine. So the legal system that you think here in the UK has a bearing of how things work in the UAE, you're wrong. Uh, the letter of the law is not important; it's the flavour of the day. And uh, if the right person wants the right uh, decision, that's the decision that will come. Uh, and this case proves it. This shows where there is a total travesty of justice. And uh, the biggest failing really is not uh, a Middle Eastern dictatorship that abuses power. That is a, that's a failing to itself. The real failing is our government that has failed to protect him, support him, um, or even do anything really to help him in a time of need when he's a genuinely uh, upright standing gentleman that has done nothing wrong whatsoever and has been subjected to the absolute worst circumstances imaginable. Uh, when he was in the prison, um, you know, uh, in Alain as an example, you know, he would watch people being tore upside, torn upside down and flogged and beaten. Um, he was at one point or to drink toilet water to survive. I mean, this is a man that really has gone through hell and is going through hell. And when I spoke to the doctor just yesterday, uh, today, sorry, uh, he, he, was, he was very, very straight with me. He said, uh, you know, he said, he's never seen anything like this before. Uh, this is something that he's never seen because for some reason with Albert, there seems to be a black mark and he can't get out of it. He hasn't done anything wrong and uh, he's been abused in every possible, thinkable, conceivable manner. Um, and for some reason, even in this country, you know, we can't get the press that's required. I mean, this is ridiculous. We have MPs calling for sanctions. We have, you know, we, we have supporters from, from people that are in the limelight, uh, you know, but for some reason, everybody wants to, to shine UAE in a light that isn't true. But it's untrue. It's not true. It's, it's not real. Dubai is a fake place. Uh, they make the rules as they go along. It's a very, very unsafe place to do business. And my father's case just shows how cruel and how evil they can be if they want to be. How far they can take it. They can take it to new levels of uh, of low. Uh, you know, a Middle East direct dictatorship like the UAE. Is run by people that make decisions on a daily basis, without uh, without democracy, without without rules or or uh, interference from anybody. And what they've done to my father, they've crushed him, they stripped him of his assets, they've looted him, they've beat him, uh, they've tortured him, they've tried to force him into submission, knowing full well that he's innocent. Um, they've basically blacked out anything to do with this case. Um, They've shown, uh, they've shown complete disregard for international law. This is something for the record books. What they've done to Albert Douglas is a sin and it's evil. And I'm fighting every day of my life uh, 
to find a way to make sure that we get him home. And if we don't get him home, that the Emirates really, really feel what they've done. Uh, I'm now going to every UK trading and investments board I can find. I'm going to everyone and everybody that can help us to find support for my father, including you, Rada, who's been outstanding all the way through, and I can't thank you enough. I mean, it, it's disturbing. I, I know I've, I've personally heard all of these uh, stories before. I've, I know what's happened to Albert, but every time I hear it, it really does disturb me. And it's not, it's not the first time I've heard it. I mean, this kind of torture has happened repeatedly over the past 10 years, and yet the British government, again, hasn't really done anything to stand up for human rights. We have the UAE ambassador said that they would come back to us in a couple of months to talk about this situation, that he's surprised to hear of any human rights violations in the prison. It's impossible that the UAE oh. ambassador could not have heard of all of the previous allegations of torture that have gone all the way to the United Nations, where we've had a death in custody and inquiries in the United Kingdom. The British courts won't extradite people to the UAE based on the real risk of human rights violations and torture. It's ludicrous that the ambassador the UAE's ambassador would tell British members of parliament that they're shocked and surprised to hear of such allegations when they've been so frequent in the past. Now, the FCO, I mean, you, you know that we've been dealing with the FCO for a while now and they've been less than helpful. Um, and it's, it's not sufficient that they can only care about the heart medication, which apparently they can't even uh, obtain that for Albert, but they haven't cared about even looking at the case, looking at the details and encouraging the Emirati counterparts to have a look into this case to see that he is innocent and that the courts have indeed screwed up. They simply should never have convicted him. And it does take diplomatic intervention and it takes the UAE authorities to intervene and override what has been an unjust court ruling in the UAE. They've done it in the past. They've done it for other countries. But the FCO seems more intent on sweeping these violations under the carpet yeah. In in promoting the uh, UAE as a wonderful place for tourists and investors, and in fact, it seems to be the UK's ambassador to the UAE's sole role to promote relations, to promote business relations. Is that how you feel? Is that what you're getting from the FCO? Is that how you're feeling? Their reaction is the uh, the gentleman I speak to at the FCO is a man called Raha Ahmed, and uh, I email him on a very regular basis and. I have actually come to name him in my household as the UAE ambassador, not not the not the not the UK uh, FCO representative. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. I understand that the UAE invest billions of pounds um, after Brexit, and they they're a huge uh, supporter for our financial benefit. But this is something else. Uh, they have lied. Uh, uh, when I say they, I mean the UAE authorities have lied. Uh, the FCO have carried that lie for them. Uh, I always say I, I expect it of an Emirati Middle Eastern dictatorship. Mm. It's a shame when we do it. Um, and we do it for money. And it's sad because my father, he lays there today in pain from real beatings in the real world, denied life-saving medication, subjected to terrible violations of human rights in order 
for our government to do as little as possible and try in most cases to protect the relationship. Uh, we've written to Dominic Raab, um, we've written to all of the people on the Foreign Affairs Committee that need to know this information. And you know, I'm confident with enough energy that we're putting behind it, eventually someone somewhere is going to intervene and say enough is enough. This has gone too far. The man's an innocent man. You're treating terribly and you have no right to do so. And eventually I know that if we keep pushing and pushing and showing that, you know, this is not going to go away, um, you know, with all the new information campaigns that we're going to be starting, new websites, um, you know, we're really, we're really going to make sure that in the next uh, year or so that they really, really understand it. It's a shame that he's, I'm talking about a year or so, because he hasn't done anything wrong. Even if they let him out, they've, they've took millions. Um, police uh, in that country are, uh, you know, they're, they're bought for a mobile phone. Um, it, it, that country doesn't shock me. It's this country uh, mm. that I, I have to drive the point home. Britain should say no to human rights violations. Britain should say no to torture, beatings, injustice against British citizens. Britain should say no to money when they know that it comes at the cost of British expats like my father, who are suffering in silence. And people like the SEO actually cover this for the Emirates. And it's sad. I mean, we, we received a letter back from uh, Dominic Raab saying that the UK does care about human rights and they actually have a, a great deal of influence in the UAE that they can influence both publicly uh, at events and also privately, which they do more often. But he didn't commit to whether he was going to use that influence to assist a British citizen. It seems to be at this point a lot of talk and a lot of encouragement to the MPs to reduce the amount of advocacy and the pressure that they're putting on the FCDO and the, the Foreign Office. And it seems to be more of a, a dismissal while trying to appease them and, and trying to give them some information to go back to you with, to make you more appeased that they're doing something. But there was no commitment to doing, to, to doing anything, which is shocking when you see, you know, the, the human rights violations that you've just outlined and the, the situation with regards to his wrongful conviction. It just seems astonishing that the, U, the UK hasn't stepped in and hasn't taken those steps yet. What does it take for the UK to actually do something? Do we need to see him in hospital, you know, bloody and broken before they actually step in? Do we need to see a lawyer suing them for their inability to properly represent British nationals? He is already bloody and brutally uh, damaged. They, they've already seen that. Um, they've, they've seen him being beaten. They've seen him being carted around and denied water and made drink mm -hmm. toilet water. They, they know this. They're, they're fully aware. Uh, they are fully aware of just how brutal and barbaric and uh, uh, I think the right, correct word is archaic the Emirates regime is. When people go to Dubai, they see the Burj Al Arab, they see the Burj Khalifa, they're sold a lie. Mm. This place is built on debt. This is built on many, many, many people that have suffered and lost in order for a few at the very top to call themselves intelligent. And my father, today, he's the one that's being crushed. Uh, he's just another victim of circumstance, along with 
endless amount of people that are in the Emirates just sitting mm. in prison for no particular reason, a lot of them arbitrarily without even any prison sentences. They don't even know why they're there or how long they're going to stay. Mm. Uh, uh, you go to the FCO, they'll say, go to a lawyer. Uh, the lawyers are not like the UK. They rob you blind and they have literally robbed us. Mm. Um, they have set us up. They've took large volumes of money. They talk to both sides of the table most of the time and they mm. buy and sell their clients. It's very common in the Middle East. It is the most corrupt legal system uh, outside of places like South America. Uh, Dubai, it just, it looks glamorous. Mm. Behind the scenes, it's something out of a barbaric movie of the 16th century. Uh, they've built the buildings based on democracy uh, uh, countries, but mm. democracy and that way of democracy is so far away from their mentality. Um, and it's hypocritical. Uh, you know, it's hypocritical. So, you'd, you know, you, 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 they live by one set of rules, but they act completely different. And when they come here to the UK, uh, they ironically hide behind our rules. They expect um, the full protection of the British legal system, absolutely. Yeah. And, and listen, uh, Sheikh Mohammed's wife is here in the UK. She, she, uh, she fears to go back to the Emirates because they'll know what they'll uh, do to her. Uh, she knows and so does everybody else. It's a country where laws are something based on feelings of the day. And there is no written written rule of law. And my father today, uh, you know, I suppose he's depending on you, Rada, myself, and, and a lot of the team that we're working together to try and get the likes of Dominic Raab to, to do their job and stand in and, 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 and fight him. And I do believe that he will come through. And I do believe that the likes of Dominic Raab, uh, our MP in South Kensington, um, Miss Felicity Buchan, I believe they will stand up and they will do their jobs and I will come and protect him in the end. Um, I believe that they, they, they couldn't allow mm. such a ridiculous circumstance to, to circumvent further uh, endlessly and just leave him there in pain, uh, in dire circumstances, totally innocent of charges, the rest of his life they, they, they surely I don't believe it for a moment I believe the British government will come through and we have to continue to pressure them and we are going to continue to pressure them that, that, that. well so, certainly Jeremy Hunt has come through in the past for Matthew Hedges and there have been instances where the British government has um, represented citizens properly and made sure that they've got home safely. And the same can be said for Canada, the United States, Australia, and even Malaysia, who have advocated for their citizens. I think that the case of Albert and his treatment in there and his wrongful conviction has also really tugged at the heartstrings of um, Andy Slaughter MP and also Lady Whitaker, both of which called for sanctions against the UAE which is an extreme measure, but this kind of a situation does warrant that kind of extreme measure. But they also called for an increase in travel warnings to the UAE, which I think would be uh, an excellent step in that the UAE might look at that and realise that their actions have consequences and that those travel warnings are going to cause more British nationals to perhaps go to a different country for their holiday, or perhaps invest in a safer location. Maybe they will go to the United States, maybe to Europe, and maybe they'll look at the UAE and decide that it's risky to invest there and they could end up in prison. It could be the last thing that they ever do. 
So I think Andy Slaughter and Lady Whitaker have raised some important points that Dominic Raab and the rest of the FCDO really need to consider and not just brush away. There's serious calls from serious people. I mean, you mentioned Jeremy Hunt. Actually, Jeremy Hunt did reach out to Dominic Raab and I, I thank him for that. Um, you know, we've, we, as I say, Andy Hunt, uh, Jeremy Hunt, Andy Slaughter, Baroness Lady Whitaker, uh, Felicity Buchan, uh, and a whole raft of MPs have come out to support uh, my father. Actually, anybody that looks into the case uh, within moments realise that this is a, a ridiculous circumstance. And my background and my father and I, we, we're, we're what's called a Romany Gypsy uh, group of people uh, who has a huge uh, lineup of, uh, I'm not going to use the word celebrity, but public figures. And uh, they're all coming in to try and help us the best they can. And, you know, we can't thank them enough for their support as well. Well, not, not only itself. are they helping, but they are significant and substantial investors into the UAE. As I understand it, they, they put hundreds of millions of pounds into the UAE for their various investments and, and other enterprises that they've been pursuing in the country. Do you think that Albert's case, being quite a prominent figure in the community, is going to affect that? I think it already has affected that. Uh, I've had, um, which I won't mention the names, but uh, the, the, the Roman Gypsy community is made up of uh, a very substantially wealthy businessmen in the United Kingdom. And they pretty much every single last one of them has committed me to me, committed to me so far that they have literally both stopped their investments, stopped travel plans, uh, and also gone out to advise people within their circles to stop investments and stop mm -hmm. travel plans. I can categorically say that uh, the UAE has lost a massive amount of money uh, of what would have been uh, investments and holiday plans if it had not been for this case of travesty of justice as they played out and their, their arrogance and ignorance to continue to hold him and continue to leave him in prison. Now he has his own, his own business that has been a, uh, forced to collapse, which will have more security checks, more bounce checks on the back of that. Uh, he looks to serve a life in jail. And as the Emirates continue to be defiant, I'm sure they will be paying the price and uh, it will be heavy. But that's not enough. We, we need to intervene. We need to get him home. We need to return to safety. And I certainly, neither as anyone in my family uh, or any of our circle, which is a, a considerably substantial circle, any of us is going to accept what they've done uh, to Alba until mm. he's returned. It will continue to be ramped up with the pressure. And finally, um, what, what do you think? I mean, your mother, uh, your family, they've, they've all obviously been suffering. I know that your mother wrote a letter, an appeal to Sheikh Mohammed, which has apparently fallen on deaf ears. He has not responded. And... I mean, what, what is the personal toll of this? This must have really significantly affected your family. It's taken all of your focus every day. I know that you're barely sleeping as you campaign for his freedom. And uh... Well, I've made this a, a seven-day-a-week job. This has now become my new name tag. Uh, my new name tag is uh, yeah. detained in Dubai, hashtag free Albert Douglas. That, that is it. That's what I am from morning till night, every single day of the week. Yeah. Uh, every penny I can... Uh, uh, get to my hand uh, mm -hmm. every penny that's donated to us um, through uh, uh, a very large following of people that rack into thousands of people 
uh, you know, this is just going to be boycott the buy, uh, free Albert Douglas. This is going to be 24 hours a day, seven days a week, eternally, uh, until he's either detained um, or he's released um, or, 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 or he's, uh, well, it's only until he's released. We're not going to stop. It's never going to stop mm. until that point. Mm. Um, and at this point, I don't know if I'd stop then because it's, it's ridiculous. Sheikh Mohammed uh, is a is a acclaimed family man. Um, uh, you know, he, he's a man of a similar age. I mean, my, when my mother wrote that letter to him, it was a heartfelt letter. She and my father have been start supporters from the very early days of the boom, mm. uh, back in the nineties. I mean, they are the original Jamira Janes. Um, <laughs> they're the original Jamira Janes, and they've, you know, with this whole case, they've, they've thrown a, a stone into the river and the tsunami, it, it ripples mm. out. It, it must be an endless cost to Dubai, and it doesn't make any sense because he's innocent. It, it's mm. not even if they're fighting a just cause. They're, they're, they're fighting a cause of arrogance. It's like, we won't go back on what we've said. What they've said is wrong. Um, the, the people, when you go... And have a company uh, that, that, that falls apart in the Emirates. And let me say you're in the UK. And you'll have UK legal advisors say, do not return back whatever you do, uh, which they are right. Uh, it's a case of uh, it's a case of extortion on, on levels that only someone who was in trouble in the Emirates would ever understand. Uh, you are guilty until proven innocent, but you're not allowed to provide any real... Uh, evidence. Uh, you don't actually have to have any particular evidence other than uh, Wasta or influential members accusing you. That's enough to, to land you in prison. Hmm. It, it, it's a country out of control. And uh, today, my father is a victim of it. He is an actual victim uh, of a travesty of justice like nothing that I could have ever dreamed. And I don't believe he ever dreamed of it because as he spoke to you before hmm. his imprisonment, you know, he always believed as a British citizen he had rights. Yeah. Uh, as an innocent person, he would be exonerated. And he believed in Sheikh Mohammed. He believed in Dubai and, and he believed in the legal system. As an innocent man that he was, uh, he was totally devastated by an avalanche of people who are nothing more than crooks, uh, liars and cheats, all with massive, mostly false claims, changing claims as they go along doing anything they can. They, they would land at the warehouse, they would take materials, they would take materials that didn't belong to them, uh, they would take advantage of him, they would be offering uh, ways of bribe and, you know, police officers and, and people within the courts and people high up in Wasta would all come to you and say, you know, pay us this, pay us that. And, and you know, many times my father in desperation did because when you are in Dubai, there's no law. Uh, and, you know, uh, that human rights uh, as per the united nations convention says that you know sometimes you, you actually have to break the law to defend your life if there's no other choice and i can assure you that place when they see a ship going down they all uh, they all run for the lifeboats they take everything they take the lot they they go to the safe they take the lot they have stripped him uh, they've stripped uh, they've stripped his humanity uh, more than anything and beyond finance it's a sin. 
Well, we will be keeping people updated. I know I'm speaking to Elfie Best about this situation next week, and we will be following the case closely. We have the MPs activated. We know Felicity Buchan is going to be speaking to the UAE's ambassador to the UK next month, and we hope that that relationship will develop to the point where he puts pressure on the UAE to fix this situation that is damaging um, the economy in the UAE. And it's making it awkward for the United Kingdom and those politicians who are promoting Dubai as a place to invest. It's making it absolutely awkward for them to promote this country for investment when we have someone being tortured who was an investor. It's inconceivable. Of course, the next thing that we need to do is take this case to the United Nations, but it shouldn't be a UN issue. This is a British issue and it's an Emirati issue and they should be able to resolve it without the United Nations input. However, the fact that this has been so extreme with the um, the torture, the human rights violations, the deprivation of medical attention and the unfair and arbitrary uh, detention, I think it is important to get that logged into the United Nations because it it's yet another case of injustice and the UN needs to make recommendations to the UAE and to other member countries as to how they should deal with these situations in the future. How frequent are these abuses? Well, I know from 13 and a half years that they are very frequent. And that's something that we're looking at now is opening an inquiry within parliament in a cross-party examination of just how frequent these cases are. And that means other people are going to testify as to their own experiences of unfair and arbitrary detention, of forced confessions, of human rights violations and torture, and come out with an official report and analysis on what has been happening in the UAE and why hasn't anything been done and what are the steps that are going to happen next to free the people currently in this situation and particularly Albert, but also prevent them happening in the future? Well, rather, there's a new law coming out in the Emirates uh, soon where apparently all the rumour is that uh, checks that were bounced will lead to non-criminalisation. That's what I've been told. Uh, my father was told that they were doing forensics on the checks uh, that had bounced, that they'd actually charged them fraud on. Uh, that that evidence never come back because they would have obviously found he was innocent, decided not to publish it. That's the way the Emirates work. Uh, he didn't sign any checks. He didn't issue any checks. He didn't receive or give any checks. And the whole thing is a joke. But uh, they're, they're apparently changing the rules. So you know, we are hoping that someone somewhere might look at this case and move it to that desk and say, look, this man hasn't actually issued any checks, he hasn't signed any checks, he hasn't given any checks. He hasn't done anything in particularly wrong. This is causing uh, endless amount of backlash. Do we need to actually imprison him for the rest of his life or can we just let him out and stop this? Um, I mean, I've gone uh, at great lengths of stress to the SEO, you know, you said to me, what has to happen for him to come back? You said, you know, like, you know, does he have to come back bloodied and beaten? He's, he's, that's already happened. Uh, you know, Lee Bradley Brown, they literally beat him to death. The police caved his head in in the prison. Uh, and, you know, I doubt that much happened even after that uh, because we are bought and sold as a nation, unfortunately. We used to have an iron rod. Now we have a toothpick. Uh, so we don't, we don't push much. But I do believe that, um, uh, and, I, and I have to believe this, uh, that once we apply the right amount of pressure, 
our government is going to say, look, you've got to re- you've got to release him. He hasn't done anything wrong. You've you've broken all the international laws, you know. And I, I believe that. And I, and people like Andy Slaughter and and Jeremy Hunt and and Felicity Buchan and and Lady Baroness Whitaker, you know, these supporters. I can't thank them enough. But this is going to go far beyond that. It's going to have lots and lots and lots of uh, lots and lots of support from our own family and our own circles. And uh, you know, I'm hoping that you know this is going to exonerate him in the end. And I've got to be honest with you, Rada, uh, the FCO. They're not something easy to beat. Uh, when I say they're bought, and it sounds like, oh, they're bought. They're, when I say they're bought, they are bought and paid for. Um, they will repeat uh, one uh, lie after another. And even if you prove that lie, they will revert back to similar script. You have to give it to them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I think we're going to get there because we are now putting a dossier together, which is coming into thousands of pages uh, you know, of ridiculous corruption, bribes. It, it, it's, 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 if I could actually show a committee what I have in front of me today, it, it's amazing that we allow people to go to the UAE. It's amazing that we don't warn them before they get there of what can happen to them. I can't believe that the FCO uh, really allow such incredibly dangerous positions for British citizens to be in um, and continue to be in without being warned. And, and, and my father's case isn't in isolated. It's not an isolated case. This has happened to, to a lot of different people, not just British citizens, it's happened to, to, to all creeds and, uh, and, uh, and nationalities. Uh, I mean, especially if you're, if, if you're a creed or nationality they don't like or see as subservient. Mm. It is something. It's something out of control, and I think that we're, we're, we're really we're really making progress, and we're going to make progress. And I believe Dominic Raab is going to come through, especially when he sees if he ever does get the chance to see very basic uh, trenchant associates uh, provided in the very first instance. Not not a partner, not a signature. Didn't sign any checks. Wasn't involved. Had no correlation with what the accused was about by but in they, they looked family, at the evidence and they were extremely confident that it was an open and closed book case of his innocence and i think even they life. even they were surprised that this case went the other way which shows you the kind of worcester that was involved here and that they saw that he was a wealthy man a man who could be stripped of his assets and robbed and um, deprived of his freedom and why would anyone care about that enough that they would even start investigating this corruption and this, you know, this practice. But little did they know that you have been absolutely dedicated to exposing the kind of corruption that goes on there. And I'm going to continue exposing it. And I'm now putting my dossier together to make sure that our government, at very, very least, knows the risk that they continue to allow to let people keep going back to Dubai and keep investing in a country where at any time the rug can be pulled from their feet the law's going to be changed. The rules won't apply. This has got to come to a stop. It's got to come to a stop. What's happened to my father is outrageous. And my father sat with a public prosecutor, and that public prosecutor physically said the following words. 
I don't care if you're innocent or guilty. There are people, influential people, that want to see action taken against you in this case. So the only thing I can tell you to do is empty your pockets and maybe I can find a way for a deal. Mm. This is not a country of law. This is not a safe country. This is not a place where you would let really any investor go if you had a heart without warning them. This is what has already happened. This is what they've already done to people and not just British people, but as you say, Canadians and Americans and Germans. I mean, the list goes on. These people, they do this wholesale, wholesale, and they can use any terminology of criminality they want. They can use the word fraud or defaulter or whatever word suits into the poll on the day. They write their own Interpol notice. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it, it's like a shop owner being in control of a country. Uh, and our country has, has the power to do something about it. And I believe once we continue with the pressure campaign as we are, they, they will. They'll come out and they will save him. Uh, they will save him from injustice. I know it will happen. I believe they will, just as Canada did with André Gautier. It did take them a while to do it, but he had 73 frivolous cases against him. Albert's case is a little bit easier for um, the British government, and the British government has more influence than Canada does. So this shouldn't be a difficulty, and we will continue to put pressure on the British government and on the UAE to exonerate an innocent person and let him come home to his family. He's been through enough. It's, but, it's certainly not going to come through any more shakedowns. We're not going to do any more shakedowns. No more fake shakes are going to keep calling us and asking for more. They And they have. They're even calling us now. We're still getting calls from fake shakes, from people of Worcester. Uh, we're, we're getting calls all the time. Pay this money, pay that money. You know, we'll let him out. We'll do this. Police officers have offered to, 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 to meet us in car parks, give them cash and for release. I mean, the place is so corrupt. I mean, this uh, is something we, we, you and I have discussed really going into and investigating because you're not the only witness to this kind of corruption that's going on and extortion and blackmail. Um, but we have other people who have reported exactly the same thing, that police officers, sheikhs and people with Wasta are approaching foreign prisoners who are, or people who have been charged with a crime and they're about to be detained um, and approaching them and asking for money in order to help them. But in almost all the cases, they have taken the money and just simply disappeared. And in fact, in some cases, they try to increase the charges and add additional charges so that they can then go back a second time and ask for more money. It's astonishing. And this has not yet been exposed in the media. So when we uh, complete our investigation, I think that the West is going to be shocked that this happens and particularly to people who obviously have money. If they have a villa, a nice car or a business, they are going to be targeted by this. And often frivolous criminal cases are made for the sheer and sole purpose of extorting that person out of money. And it can be give me money or I'll drop the case or it can be give me money and I'll help you. I've got a friend at the prosecution. I'm friends with the judge. I can blackmail yeah. and bribe them. So this yeah. is a huge issue. And yeah. you have, have really experienced this a lot in your particular case, haven't you? And this has been endless. I mean, the corruption in that country is something else. I mean, I lived there for 12 years. I knew it was a corrupt country. I mean, it was always a country where for a mobile phone, a police officer do whatever you want. But this has brought it to new levels. 
this has brought it to levels that even I did not understand. We have parted with over a million pounds in legal fees and backhanders. Uh, and so far, all we've got in him is a life sentence in prison for a crime he hasn't committed. That place uh, is a is a cesspit. Um, and when the SEO say, here's a list of lawyers, uh, you know, they're enabling these counterparts to continue to do this. Mm. They're actually giving legitimacy to the Emirates courts or to the Emirates lawyers. It's insane that, you know, and I understand if you're, if you're here in London or I am in South Kensington and, you know, you've never really been to the Emirates. If you have been, you've been on a five-star hotel. You, you have no concept of, of the amount of archaic brutality that is behind the scenes. And I, I appreciate that. But this is something that even in movies, I have had, and, and I am going to make sure that the Daily Mail and the, and the Times and, 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 and every single newspaper that will listen to me uh, is going to make sure I get this dossier over to them. And I am categorizing it. So that way, well, I'll even try to work with you uh, rather, hopefully, to, to make sure that everybody knows just how corrupt it is um, and the corruption, the levels that it can reach uh, is, is completely outrageous. Today, he's innocent, categoric. Uh, he's been beaten. He's had his human rights violations taken from him. He's been tortured, stripped to torture mm. uh, as per the United Nations mandate. Uh he has been mistreated, abused. Uh, he has been denied heart medication. He's been denied basic health services. He has his bone sticking out of his arm for six months. I mean, at what point does the FCO become liable? At what point do we go to our government and say, we are actually making a case against mm. you? you well, that's interesting that you... Opportunity. That's interesting that you bring that up because I have actually discussed uh, going ahead with such such action in your particular case with a QC in the UK who said that he believes that the FCO is liable. They have been previously warned, this is not the first time, they've been previously warned that they need to increase their travel warnings, that they need to tell British citizens that they are at risk of human rights violations and torture, as has been ruled upon by the British High Courts. Now, the fact that they are aware of these human rights violations but haven't increased their travel warnings potentially renders them liable through the British courts for a failure to protect British citizens and a breach of their obligation and duty of care towards nationals. Now, I think that is something that is absolutely worth exploring in this case, but let's work with them as much as we can and hope that they can actually make the effort to bring Albert home and to seriously investigate this travesty of justice and to ensure that these human rights violations do not reoccur in the future. I mean, liability is 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 a, is a liable case is usually uh, uh, kept just for the for the celebrities, uh, but in this case, uh, the FCO, the FCDO, uh, you know, they are fully aware that the doctor has seen my father today mm. and has said to him that he has never seen anything so ridiculous. Mm. He has a bone from beatings mm. sticking out of his arm. There is a point of the enabler being worse than the person taking or addicted to the drug. The drug is the buy, 
but the enabler is the UK. We're enabling absolutely. them absolutely. Mm. And that, that, that's very well said. That's that's absolutely right. The British government has enabled them. They have. They've, enabled they've done absolutely nothing over the past decade or they've two decades. Them. Mm. They've emboldened them and they've empowered mm. them far mm. beyond, far beyond what they're due. Because they themselves, like so many Middle Eastern countries, are complete hypocrites. Mm. They they what 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 they cry foul. They are the worst, uh, worst criminals of all. When we talk about debt uh, in Dubai, uh, I, I mean, <laughs> you only have to Google debt in Dubai. Uh, it's out of control. They, they can't pay their debt. They roll over their debts. Uh, I mean, I could probably name a list thicker than the Bible of how many people they haven't paid or have ended up in jail because they haven't paid them on time or have had their lives ruined because they didn't pay them at all or they took advantage of them. They're a country that's a complete contradictory. They're in, a, they're in an Islamic country in the Middle East, but yet the largest centre of prostitution. Mm. It, it's, it's, a, it's a country in contradiction of itself. Mm. And uh, what has happened to my father uh, is just an absolutely ridiculous abuse of power. And we have, as a country, the UK, mm. let it happen. And the SVO, they do have... Uh, responsibility to protect him they do have a responsibility to save his life uh, I always say British gypsies are British citizens too you know my father is an upright gentleman never been convicted of a crime in his whole entire life he's not guilty of this crime either and our government has an obligation to, to step in and intervene and I know that the amount of pressure that we're applying and the amount of pressure that we are going to continue apply, which is only going to go upwards uh, I know that Dominic Raab's going to do something about this, or, or if not Dominic Raab, maybe even Boris Johnson himself. And, we, and we've written to Boris Johnson, we've written to Dominic Raab. Dominic Raab himself has even supported it, mm. and we're, we're yet to see what he's going to do, but I know he's going to do the right thing. And I know that Jeremy Hunt, Andy Slaughter, Baroness Whitaker, Blisty Buchan, you know, the endless amount of MPs from Nottinghamshire, South Yorkshire, from Middlesex. I mean, the amount of people that's behind this, it's going it's, it's, going, it's, it's going, going to work. move, yeah. And uh, the the followers on social media and everywhere else, they're using the hashtag Free Albert, as we can see in the background there, and hashtag Boycott Dubai. And I've also, yeah. also started using Boycott Dubai Expo and hashtag No Dubai Expo. And that's simply because we should not be encouraging a country that has not even looked into the case of Albert, that is depriving him of medical attention and where he's in that kind of a situation. Anyone who's going over to Dubai to support this expo is supporting human rights violations against not only Albert, but anyone in the future who becomes another victim like Albert. So this really does need to be highlighted with the upcoming expo. I know that Dubai has been making great moves in the UK to try and close down any media in relation to the Princess Latifah case, having employed a law firm to write to journalists in the UK and tell them to be quiet and hush hush. We know that they want positive media with the expo coming up and we know that while albert is in prison they are not going to get it so we'll continue and thank you so much for uh, coming on the show today and we will do these on a regular basis we we have a lot to cover personally on albert's case but also your experience and so many others about the corruption and about these other issues that need to be brought to the light 
But uh, thank you very much for coming on. We're running out of time and uh, and we'll talk to you again soon. But keep up the good fight. You've been amazing and we want to hear as much as we can. I mean, we're getting updates from Albert and the more the merrier and we'll keep it going until he's home and safe. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Golf Injustice Podcast.